0: The UK anti-asterity movement began with student protests in 2010, focusing on cuts to funding of higher education in England by the Conservative Liberal Democratic Coalition. Building on this momentum, throughout 2011, thousands of others took to the streets, protesting against anything from tax evasion in the banking sector to spending cuts to the NHS, with the largest protest rallying 500,000 people on London streets. Following the outcome of the UK general election in May, anti-austerity protests have again been on the rise. Only a month and a half after the election, 250,000 people marched on London once again in protest of proposed spending cuts. Recent hype around the favorite for the Labour leadership election, anti-austerity candidate Jeremy Corbyn, has added ammunition to the movement. It's also called into question whether the anti-austerity cause is inherently an anti-establishment fringe movement or whether it could move into mainstream British politics.
1: We were interested in finding out why it is that more people are continuing to get involved in the movement. So I asked my friend Jess to come in. Um, So she's a charity worker who's been attending some of the post-election anti-austerity protests. So Jess, I I wondered if you'd just start by telling me a bit about why it is you're involved in the movement.
2: Yeah, so basically I've been working with my charity for about two years and we provide breakfast clubs in schools in some of the most deprived areas in the UK. So I've been going into the schools and working closely with people who work with the parents, so family support workers. And over that time, I feel like I've been exposed to a lot of the problems that the cuts to benefits have um, have brought. So a lot of the family support workers are speaking about how much um, the families are struggling in terms of feeding their children. Uh, access to food banks has tripled in the last few years. And for me, I just was so directly exposed to the, um, the outcome of the benefit cuts that I wanted to do something about it. I thought that we couldn't have another five years of austerity.
1: And just you actually told me a story a couple of weeks ago, which kind of sparked the idea for this documentary in the first place. Um, so yeah, I was wondering if you could tell me a bit more about that. Was it um, a UK uncut protest after the election? Yeah,
2: it was yeah. post-election. Um, and I think it was the day of the Queen's speech or potentially after um, anti-austerity march. There was about 3,000 people who attended, so it wasn't that big. Um and when I went, everyone had kind of their placards, like, no carts, anti-austerity. And we were marching through the streets, but there was a woman who had a kind of um, a microphone behind us and kind of chanting and this kind of thing. She noticed some people who were standing outside a, a large building uh, wearing shirt, um, suits, trousers, nothing past that. Um, she seemed to identify them as kind of the enemy and started kind of shouting them, like, go back to work, you're taking your money, like, basically just... Um, identifying them as the enemy and she doesn't know the background of these people they could be charity workers themselves and it seemed to be a very us and them division there's nothing that stops um, a city banker being part of the austerity movement like the aim of the movement is to stop attacking the the poorest in society but it's not about saying that people can't earn money, that's fine. They are looking at things like, you know, higher taxation, looking at um, controlling tax avoidance. And I think this us and them mentality is, is ruining it because it needs to be a united movement within the framework that we have.
0: This got us thinking about the different reasons why people are involved in the anti-austerity movement and we went along to some events to get a better understanding. This included a banner-making workshop at the University of Arts London Union as well as the National Anti-Austerity Demonstration itself on June 20th. We started by asking people why they are involved. Um, I just want to let people know that there are um, people out there who don't support what the government are doing. Just because they won the election they haven't actually got the majority of people's opinions and the hearts and minds of people and to
3: show the people at home who haven't managed to come out today that actually this is a movement that's worth supporting. I first became involved in anti-austerity activism when I started to realise the impact of it on me personally and how that was part of, I guess, a broader system of cuts. So when I first went to university, I had to drop out quite quickly after my loan and my grant didn't come through in time. Um, I moved to London and couldn't pay my rent and in that year uh, the Tory Lib Dem coalition was formed and uh, my mum's benefits got cut and it was kind of like a series of things that happened that made me think actually this is this is really wrong and there's something I can maybe do about it and so I came to university in 2010 and got really involved in the student demonstrations against tuition fees and it it all kind of spiraled from that really and now I'm working for my student union seeing the impact of cuts on students' lives, the number of students that have had to drop out or can't pay their rent or just really, really struggling to get by.
0: We also asked people what they were hoping to gain from participating in protests.
3: Firstly... There are a lot of
1: people who feel incredibly frustrated and angry with what's happening politically, economically, or the austerity cuts, but they feel very alone, um, and for that reason they feel quite helpless and powerless. So a day like tomorrow, the anti-austerity protests is a good way of painting people realising that they're not alone, they're not weird. There are lots and lots of people who feel the same
3: way as them and the old expression unity is powerful. I hope it's going to spark a wider series of actions and resistance, strikes and occupations and more demonstrations on the streets that hopefully will inform a movement that becomes ungovernable and makes it really difficult for the Tories to even take power and, and at least not have a five-year term.
0: SOAS is this perceived as one of the most radical universities in the UK and we thought we would better speak to someone from here. Georgie Robinson is one of SOAS student union presidents. Our union has been heavily involved in the anti-austerity movement, but why is this? Is it specifically about student fees or is it part of a wider
4: radical agenda? Many SOAS students and staff feel very strongly about austerity and, you know, we criticise neoliberalism um, often and, and austerity is core to the neoliberal agenda. So I think it's you know, it makes a lot of sense that SOAS and SOAS Students' Union are very kind of involved in the anti-austerity movement as a kind of radical, values-driven community. So what's the aim of participating in, in these protests? The aim, I guess, is to, well, firstly, stand up for what we believe in and and what's right and, you know, opposing what we believe to be, you know, fundamentally wrong. And ideally, we'd like to affect change. But, you know, even if... Even when we lose battles, like we lost the tuition fees battles, you know, I don't think that means that we shouldn't keep trying. You know, you have to stand up for what's right, regardless of what the likelihood is that you will be successful, because, of course, the odds are stacked against us and, and, you know, it's it's a challenge, but we still do it anyway.
0: It seems like there are many organisations participating in the anti-austerity movement.
4: It is, yeah, it is a kind of broad movement, a kind of broad coalition of different organisations and some of those organisations, you know, have, can be somewhat problematic and we wouldn't necessarily kind of agree with them on all issues and, and things like that. It's important to have, you know, a coalition of of, of organisations. If you look at the big protest that happened last week on the on 20th of June, the anti-austerity demonstration, a quarter of a million people Many, you know, organised by some big organisations. So many organisations present on the day, and that was great. It's beneficial to have lots of different organisations involved and big organisations organising things like that. But also, that's not enough, Mm -hmm. and that it's it's. I think it's really important that um, kind of local groups and individuals. I mean, it's hard to take action really as an individual, but kind of local groups and different kind of smaller organisations take action in their own ways and kind of pursue different tactics as well, rather than us just relying on, you know, one A to B march a year or a few A to B marches every few months organised by bigger organisations. And I think that is happening a lot across the country as local communities, local groups organising against austerity on a more localised basis and different, you know, trade unions organising, students organising kind of, but then it is also important to join up as well And big organisations can be helpful with that, but we can't solely rely on them.
1: So we found that while in some ways it's a great thing for the anti-austerity cause that there is such a diverse range of people involved due to personal or ideological reasons, it is also problematic because it means that they don't necessarily agree on their aims. And this us-versus-them rhetoric, uh, which Jess spoke about, or rich versus poor idea means that there are further divisions beyond the movement as well. So what we're seeing here is a sort of contradiction uh, between activists where you've got some people favoring reform to the current system, others hoping to sway the Labour Party back to the left, and the rest backing a complete system overhaul or revolution. From our interviews so far, the theme of political disengagement and dissatisfaction with mainstream politics has come up again and again. It seems that members of the movement view the protests as the only way they can engage in the democratic or non-democratic process beyond elections. We spoke to Alexandra Runswick, director of Unlocked Democracy, an organisation campaigning for democratic and constitutional reform in the UK. I asked Alex why she thinks people are choosing protest as their favoured form of political engagement and whether she views it as an effective method for activists to achieve their aims.
5: Protests are a really good way of showing solidarity for a particular issue, of getting large numbers of people together to show that there's widespread support for an issue, and it's not a fringe issue. Because one of the things that politicians often like to do is claim that nobody cares. A large demonstration is obviously a very visual, very effective way of um, countering that message, and it's also a way of bringing people together. Because often when you're campaigning on issues that are complicated, that are difficult, it can feel quite isolating. It can feel quite lonely. So the act of coming together and actually showing the strength of numbers can be be really motivating for campaigners, as well as obviously making an important political and democratic point. So
1: do you think that there are other ways that people involved in the anti-austerity movement can involve
5: themselves politically? There are lots of ways that people can get involved politically. What you always have to be thinking about is what it is you're trying to achieve and what the different techniques are. If you look at any successful campaign, it's never just one thing that they have done. It's never just one large demonstration and you achieve your goal. I wish that it was that simple. Uh, Equally, it's never the case of, you know, you get one large petition and you achieve your goal. So it's about having a range of different techniques um, over time and influencing people in different ways. So there are things that people can do around petitions, there are things that people can do about uh, writing to MPs, also in terms of actual local actions, so even when you can't get hundreds of thousands of people together in one city, there's lots that you can do both, whether that's a photo up, whether that's going and meeting your local MP, um, so there are lots of different things and different ways that people can participate politically, and, it, and different things work for different campaigns it depends whether or not you're trying to get an issue on the agenda or something is already on the agenda and you're trying to influence MPs who are voting on it
1: I then explained that while making this documentary we've spoken to people who have essentially chosen participation in protest movements over voting and asked Alex what it is she'd say to people who are feeling like this.
5: I understand why people make that choice and they often feel very disappointed and very limited by the choices that they're offered and as an organisation that points out the flaws in our political system I'm obviously well placed (laughs) to uh, be sympathetic to that. My concern with that though is that there's a risk that you let politicians off the hook. That if you're not on the electoral register, if you're not voting, they can ignore you. It's easy for them to ignore you. And we shouldn't make it easy for them. Um, If what we're trying to do is radically change... An economic perspective, a political perspective, a social perspective, at some point you do have to engage with the, with the formal political process. That doesn't mean that there, there isn't a role for awareness raising and for doing lots of big things outside the political system as well. And the movement is beginning to use
0: a range of different techniques to achieve its aims. We have particularly seen this over the last couple of months through the Jeremy Corbyn campaign, during which the anti-austerity agenda has made its way into the mainstream more than ever before. The amount of grassroots support for Corbyn has definitely rocked the UK's political landscape, causing senior Labour Party figures to come out against the anti-austerity candidate. But if Corbyn does win, as many expect him to, will this be what the anti-austerity movement needs to unite its members? Or is it destined to be ever relegated to what we call French protest politics?
5: Remember this to today. This is the start of a movement of people, of a coming together of all the different groups associated with the Labour movement. We can deliver those people, we can make those people who feel like victims at the moment, we can make them stand up for themselves and stand up together. That's us we small governments.